Do you think you know what assertiveness is and imagine that you don't really need to learn more about it? My friend, I can guarantee you that you're wrong. Assertiveness is the one thing that every client I coach tells me that they learned so much about and that it was pivotal in creating stronger relationships and better communication. In short, it was a game changer. Keep listening if you want to discover these secrets for yourself. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to episode nine, assertiveness, what I learned from a cultural view shift and three communication styles every person needs in order to succeed. So we're talking about assertiveness today. Do you think you're pretty assertive and not too bad at communicating? Or do you think maybe you have a healthy self-esteem and pretty confident on most days? Well, if you think this, you are not the only one. I generally prefer to have a positive outlook on things, but in this area, I think I've become a realist when we're talking about all things assertiveness. So if you're anything like me or my clients, after this episode, I'm pretty sure you'll discover that you have a lot further to go than you might have realized. But don't worry, I'll show you exactly how you can tip the scale in your favor. So you'll finish today feeling hopeful as you learn exactly what you can do to improve your communication and your relationship simultaneously. I grew up in a more conservative, lower middle class culture and in a pretty religious home, and I enjoyed a lot of things about my upbringing. And there were also some cultural beliefs that I learned along the way that I thought were healthy, and I didn't learn until I'd been married for probably more than a decade that some of these norms were actually harming my relationship and especially my marriage. And maybe you've discovered something like that yourselves. It wasn't until I was immersed in a culture that was so unlike my own that I discovered some of my beliefs needed to be re-examined and change needed to occur if I wanted my relationships to thrive and if I really wanted to move beyond that mediocrity, which, as you know, I always really do. So how do we do that? How do we move beyond mediocrity? Let's start with the basics. So Miriam Webster defines assertiveness as characterized by bold or confident statements and behavior. I really thought there was going to be something a little more to it than that, but that's what I found. (laughs) The interesting part is that some of their synonyms for assertiveness, so these are words that are similar, right, are aggressiveness, ambitious, fierce, pushy, and belligerent. This is not assertiveness. So there's such a misconception of what assertiveness really is 
So it often gets a negative connotation and a view. And I think that's part of the struggle why we're having a difficult time adopting this characteristic. In order to understand assertiveness, you need to understand that there are generally about three ways to communicate, the really general ones I'm talking about. And I know you've heard them before, but I want you to listen this time as if you don't know anything about them. So try to have your mind and your heart open as you do this. So those three ways are passively, assertively, and aggressively communicating. So I want you to think of it like it's on a line. So passive is the far left, assertive is like the middle, and aggressive is on the far right. So as you come towards the middle, you're really coming towards that sweet spot that you're looking for. And that's where relationships will start to thrive as you become more balanced. This can look different in each culture, but generally the more left or right we are, the more resentment we'll have and the more our mental health will suffer. So that's really why we want to meet more in the middle. Most of my clients think that they're assertive, but when I share the traits of all three of these, which I'll do in just a second, they often recognize that they're more passive or aggressive than they realized. And that's also what I discovered. So I'm going to share a few of those um, those traits with you right now. Let's start with passivity. Passive people have a pattern of avoiding expression of their opinions or their feelings. They also struggle protecting their rights or even identifying and meeting their own needs. Passive people struggle saying no and setting healthy boundaries, and I see that a lot with my clients and counseling. Now listen to these passive traits, again with an open heart and mind, and try to identify if you have any of these traits. They're often quiet or soft-spoken. They might lack confidence or have poor eye contact. They don't express their needs or their wants, like I mentioned just a second ago. They prioritize the needs of others before their own, generally. And they permit others to take advantage of them. So recapping that very quickly, they're quiet and soft-spoken. They lack the confidence that other people might have. They have poor eye contact. They don't express needs or wants. They prioritize the needs of others. And they permit others to take advantage of them. And again, usually you're not going to have all of these. You might have one or two of them. We're not generally all of one thing or all of the other. We can have a few traits of each one, and we really just want to make sure we're getting closer and closer to that middle ground, that assertiveness. All right, the next one is aggressive. So aggressive individuals or people express their feelings and opinions and advocate for their needs in a way that violates the rights of others. So that's the key phrase there. It violates the rights of others or the values of others. So some of these traits are they're disrespectful to others, or they regularly interrupt, or they won't listen. They're unwilling to compromise and easily frustrated. They speak loudly or overbearingly. They criticize or humiliate or even dominate things. I'm going to go through those one more time. And again, try not to think of that really extreme example. Just try to see if any of these things are things that you might show from time to time. All right, so disrespectful to others, regularly interrupts or won't listen, unwilling to compromise, easily frustrated, speaks loudly or is overbearing, critical or they humiliate or they dominate. Are any of these traits ones that you've had in your life 
in your relationship with your spouse or others, maybe at work, wherever that might be. Now, assertiveness is where we really want to be. And when I learned about this, there are many things I didn't actually know. I thought I knew and I didn't. So assertiveness is expressing your point of view in a way that's clear and direct while still respecting others. When you communicate assertively, this really minimizes conflict and this helps you control anger as well. Some key traits of assertiveness are that they listen without interruption, they have good eye contact, they stand up for their rights and their beliefs and their values. They have a confident tone and body language. They're willing to compromise and clearly state their needs and wants. And they set and enforce boundaries, which is a huge indicator on if someone is assertively healthy or not. So you can kind of do a little check for that yourselves. I have my clients review these traits for each style of communication and answering the following prompt that I give them in their journal. So if you have a journal and you want to do the same, go ahead and pull it out right now and you can even come back to it later. But it's just a simple, I think about two questions that I ask. So what passive, aggressive, or assertive traits do you have? How can you take ownership and practice more assertive communication in your relationships? So I'm going to, I don't think I said those a second time for assertiveness. I'm going to go through those again. How can you take more ownership and practice more assertive communication in these ways? So listen without interruption, have good eye contact, stand up for your rights, your beliefs, and your values, have a confident tone and body language, be willing to compromise, clearly state your needs and wants, and set and enforce boundaries. So boundaries is a really big one that I'm going to talk on soon because across the board people struggle with this and we all have ways to improve. But maybe just jot some things down about this now as you journal about it. Like how can you set and enforce boundaries better? Maybe how can you stand up for your beliefs better or your values that might be a little different from your loved ones or even your spouse? When my clients share what they wrote with that journal prompt, they often talk about how they were more on the right or on the left than they would have guessed, and then they recommit to practicing more of that assertive communication, and I usually check in week to week to see how that's going for that extra accountability. But as they do this, their relationship struggles really improve, and communication becomes more clean, I guess you could say, and much less complicated. It really takes out that guesswork that happens when we are more passive or more aggressive because it is really cloudy communication. I want you to think of a communication struggle you're having right now in some relationship. I imagine that as you've been hearing me talk, you've probably thought about that person that's really assertive or critical and interrupts constantly. And maybe you're thinking of someone who never shares their opinion very boldly and gets walked on all the time. But instead of thinking of that other person, I really want you to challenge yourself and apply this to you. How can you practice more assertiveness and move that pendulum to that healthier middle ground? So remember in the beginning when I talked about how I had some cultural beliefs that were harming my relationships? Well, as much as I disliked my master's program, which I know I've mentioned a few times, that was the first time I was almost entirely surrounded with peers who had polar opposite views on really almost everything. 
From things like families to free times or morals or ethics, we had very little in common. But I also started to understand other perspectives in ways that I never would have without attending someplace so different from my own. So in that, it was really priceless knowledge that I gained and experience. So there's way too many observations and lessons to mention right now, but one I did want to mention was that I began to realize that I wasn't nearly as assertive as I had previously thought, and it took being around other cultures to see that. I was confident and independent, I knew that, but I had unknowingly allowed myself to build up years of resentment because I thought I was letting things go, only I wasn't. I was burying things and letting them smolder, and I thought it was best not to express my needs or wants much because I thought they were negative, and I'm doing quotes, which you can't see, um, and that they'd upset someone else. So I chose to let them go, but really, like I said, they were just being buried. I chose temporary peace, what I thought was peace, instead of conflict, because I really just wanted to avoid that at all costs. I chose to avoid things. Ultimately, I chose to prioritize the needs of others ahead of my own until I was so worn out and so threadbare that I was forced to find better solutions. In order to be truly mental and emotionally healthy, I needed to express my needs or wants, both of them, and also prioritize my needs and not just everyone else's. Now, in the area where I was, the LDS culture was more of women putting the needs of the family before their own. And honestly, husbands did this as well. I see this a lot. And while this can be a beautiful thing when it's done in a healthy way, it's often maladaptive. Three quick questions you can ask yourself to determine if it's a healthy or unhealthy sacrifice is to ask yourself, would I want my children to do the same thing? And would it help them be their best selves? And does it help me be my best self? And you really have to be honest with yourself in this. Because if there's some trauma history there, if there's a lot of clutter with that or a lot of activation and you find that other people are giving you feedback that like, no, this is not balance, then you really need to go a little deeper and try to be honest with yourself here. In religious cultures, I've also found that a lot of us give to our detriment when it comes to callings or assignments. And we also do this with friends or siblings, parents. We just allow others to sometimes take advantage of us and we don't speak up and set those boundaries that prevent that. So I finally realized that my family and maybe my church culture, or at least my interpretation of it, which can be vastly different, made me think that my passivity was something noble and even like this badge of honor. But all it really did was leave me feeling angry and resentful. And again, it was really hard to recognize that sometimes. But when I was really honest with myself, I recognized that that was underneath and sometimes very deeply underneath. So for years, this resentful volcano had been building within me and it took me about 15 years to really understand how I could change that. So I no longer call my passivity noble. I couldn't disguise it as charity or being a peacemaker or any of those things that I had been doing for so long, just labeling it something else. Really, I was just being a pushover and living inauthentically. And I didn't like who I saw in the mirror when I did this. And I'm sure some of you can relate to this. 
Now, a word of warning. When I first recognized what I was doing, I was angry with myself and others. In my efforts to find more balance, sometimes I went to the other extreme and I became more aggressive with my new boldness and sometimes that bordered on being disrespectful to others. Not a lot, but there were moments for sure. In disagreements with my spouse, I'd sometimes interrupt or I wouldn't listen or I'd stonewall him. For those of you that don't know what stonewalling means, um, the Gottmans talk a lot about that as well as other therapists and psychologists. It's just a refusal to communicate or cooperate with the other, or even refusing to coordinate with them at all. So I looked this up online, and there's this website called verywellmind.com, and they talk about some other symptoms of stonewalling. I've been guilty of most of these at one time or another, so please key into what I'm saying here. So it can show up as ignoring, changing the subject, storming off, justifying why you won't talk, not answering questions, making accusations instead of talking through problems, minimizing the other person's concerns, walking away or avoiding eye contact in efforts to detach from the other person. So those are all very important things to keep in mind because if you are doing any of those things, which I'm sure most of you are, I see it in my clients all of the time, then you are probably stonewalling. And this is a big problem with relationships. And I'll talk more about that when I focus more on Gottman methods. Stonewalling is a major barrier in relationships. And again, I have been guilty of many of these. I'm just going to share a couple of those again. So ignoring, changing the subject, storming off, not answering questions, making accusations instead of talking through things, minimizing the other person's concerns, walking away. Um, Yeah, there's so many different ones. So there's nothing noble about stonewalling, but if you found that you're more passive or aggressive and not as assertive as you might have thought, the chances are pretty high that you've done some of these things too. And if you're like me and you've gone from passivity to the other extreme, even if it's just here and there, you might have noticed other aggressive traits flaring up, like getting easily frustrated or maybe being more overbearing in your communication or being unwilling to compromise about certain things. Maybe you even find yourself being more critical and problem-focused and taking the reins too much so that the other person might feel minimized, and that obviously leads to more conflict. Now, before you beat yourself up, remember that this is somewhat normal. I like this podcast called Unshaken. Uh, It's by a Latter-day Saint named Jared Halverson. He's a religious scholar, and he talks about a pendulum often. And how when something is out of balance, we swing too far in the other direction, like with justice or mercy, or maybe that rigid and strict thinking versus too lax or compliant. It's really about finding that healthy middle ground, and that's what I'm talking about here. So assertiveness is that healthy middle ground. So I'm still trying to strike a balance between too passive and too aggressive by being more assertive, and it really is not easy. You really have to be mindful of that and make a plan how you're going to adopt more of those assertive traits, especially when it goes against all of your comfortable norms, no matter how unhealthy those norms are. My husband Joel and I had to reevaluate our culture and create a new one. We learned from different cultures all around us and decided what we wanted to adopt and what we wanted to leave behind. 
And both Joel and I are so much more assertive and confident than ever before because we were willing to let things go that didn't serve us. Now, does that mean we're nailing this all the time? Absolutely not. I really wish that we were. <laughs> but we are doing that 1% that's leading us in the right direction that creates big changes over time. There's one more thing I wanted to mention that I think is a really interesting concept that can be tied to this a little bit. Have you ever heard of the term presentism? So presentism means that we judge the actions of others in the past by today's standards. We really can't interpret past events by modern values or concepts because these are our current prejudices. So each generation has different values and beliefs and knowledge. Maybe you found that you've been guilty of presentism as you found yourself judging your parents or your grandparents, or maybe it's religious institutions or governments according to your present day standards or your values. And we need to remember that our parents and grandparents probably didn't have the same understanding or values in the same way that we do. Think how much our views have changed on almost everything from family roles or, or assertiveness or birth control or money, really everything, right? <laughs> So before you start pointing fingers at your spouse for being too aggressive or your teen for maybe being too passive, or maybe you're judging your relatives according to your current standards, especially if they're older, remember that all we can do is really work on ourselves and stay in our lane. Again, that goes back to ownership that I've talked about before. So how will you stand up for yourself more authentically and respectfully? So I have a few quotes that I wanted to share that really offer more clarity, and I really love them. So the first one is by Albert Ellis. He's a famous American psychologist, and he said, Being assertive does not mean attacking or ignoring others' feelings. It means that you are willing to hold up for yourself fairly without attacking others. I thought he did a great job of explaining that. And another, this one is a psychotherapist, he was famous for his research in self-esteem, but his name is Nathaniel Brandon, and he said, the practice of assertiveness is the following, being authentic in our dealings with others, treating our values and persons with decent respect in social contexts, refusing to fake the reality of who we are or what we esteem in order to avoid disapproval the willingness to stand up for ourselves and our ideas in appropriate ways in appropriate contexts. I really like that. Appropriate ways in appropriate contexts. Do we stand up for ourselves? And if we don't, then we are probably not practicing assertiveness and we're being very inauthentic. Two last ones. This first one says, at its core, assertiveness is about the courage to express the difference. And as, as I was reading these, I was thinking about how much courage it takes to do this podcast, because even still, I think I mentioned this, I don't like haters or conflict from people you don't really know, or even people that you do know if they're attacking your values. But ultimately, if I'm not willing to step forward and courageously express my differences, especially in the case of my family now, like all of my siblings have very different beliefs and ways of seeing things. And it's hard for me now, more than ever before, to step forward and share differences when I know that a lot of those topics can be very charged with my siblings, and honestly with me. 
But are we expressing that courage and are we living authentically? And this very last one, I thought this was a very succinct way of putting it. Very easy to understand. Passivity allows others to decide for you. Aggressiveness decides for others. Being assertive decides for yourself. I think that's by Darlene Lancer. So don't you just love that? If you feel like you are often letting others decide, you're probably being passive. If you're often deciding for others, you're probably being aggressive. And if you're deciding for yourself, that's practicing assertiveness. I just want to remind you to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, please, if you would. And also my 12-week mental health and wellness program called Igniting Life will launch in August. So this is for you if you're ready for change but need professional tools and coaching. And if you need that extra accountability and that structure, this is definitely the best thing for you. This is where you begin your key step in self-investment. And you will never look back and you will never regret it. It's kind of like when you decide to finally, this is going to be a funny analogy here, but when you finally start to brush your teeth regularly on your own without your parents hounding you, and then you're like, wow, this is so much better. Or when you're older and you finally gain a testimony, I suppose you could say, of exercise or those key things that really are pivotal shifts in your life. This is one of those shifts. This is where mental health therapy meets wellness coaching. And I do want to give a disclaimer here. The tools that I give you and the coaching that I give you is not meant to replace therapy. If you have a lot of trauma, if there's significant issues in your life, I definitely would recommend that you get counseling. But if you are not in that boat and you really feel like you just need tools and coaching, this is where these programs are really beneficial or listening to this podcast is. I'll be offering a course for couples and families in the future, and that will build upon this initial course. And this opens first to those that have done this one. There are limited spots available, so please sign up soon on fulfillmenttherapy.org or email me at fulfillment.therapist.gmail.com. I'm getting all of these things up and running, so if there's things that are not completely set up yet and I have promised them to, please reach out to me through email and I will get those things to you quickly. I hope that you've learned more about assertiveness and you understand it better and that you're willing to go deeper to explore ways that you can be more assertive. Maybe it's time to shed some unhelpful and unhealthy cultural norms so that you can improve your relationships and your communication and so that you can live a more authentic, thriving life. I pray that as you do the work, you'll be blessed with positive results. And I know that you will be. I will see you next time. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. 
Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.